candidate for mercy and we laid down those things that we show that a person is enjoying mercy or the things that mercy looks like when it's in a person's life. And the purpose for that is so that we can know when to cry out. If I find myself in a particular situation and um, I it looks like the list, which was just a summary of the list that we gave last week, then it's right for you to cry out unto God for mercy. And um, we concluded that whenever we cry for mercy, God always hears. I'm sure they will hear our mercy cry in Jesus' name. But we're also aware that it's not by experience, it's not everyone that cried out for mercy, you will have noted, that actually received mercy. And it's just like there's a way to ask and there's a way not to ask. Um, just not everyone that says, Jesus saves me, that gets saved. Because you'd be surprised to hear that. Because if you don't give them the right instruction on how to call on Jesus, you'll be shocked that they may be calling wrongly. Around 1999, I was living in Edland Court, number two Edland Court here in Aberdeen. And there was this Hindu guy that came to church in Mount Claremont Hall. So I set out to disciple him. So he visited me at home in Edland Court. And then, so we got talking. And then, but I knew things were not very right. Eventually, Someone told me that ah, you need to be very careful where you are taking these people on who says, I gave my life to Christ if they have an Hindu background. I said, why? He said, because they have many gods. And what they do is that Jesus will just be one of the gods. And so when I probed for that, I found that that was exactly the situation. Of course, that guy was not saved. And um, I learned that there are so many gods that the Hindus serve that, uh, so I checked this morning. I didn't want to give you a wrong figure. And um, it turned out that there are 330 million gods. Now, where do you put Jesus in that? (laughs) So, such a cry for salvation would be a wrong cry. Do you get this gist now? And so, as much as we say this is a month of mercy and God, we have to be true to his word, we must make sure that we find out how best or the right way he expects us to cry for mercy. Um, hi, having everybody with me here. And so we will look into how not to and then we will look to how to. Because I'm desperate that as we cry unto him for mercy, we will receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. We will not miss out on his promises. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through to 52. Mark 10, 46 to 52 will be our test. And I read from here. Now, they came to Jericho as he, Jesus, went out of Jericho with his disciples. And a great multitude, blind Matthias, the son of of Timaeus sat by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the way. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in Jesus' name. So that was the story of Bartimaeus, who used to be called Blind Bartimaeus. He's seen now by the special grace of God because he followed Jesus. And we believe he finished his race very well. There were a few things that he didn't do there, and we will learn from that using other scriptural references. And then we can watch out for those things so that from today, whenever you cry for mercy, whenever I cry for mercy, we shall receive mercy. So, what is not a cry for mercy? Number one, it's not a cry of regret. It's not a cry of regret. I wish I didn't do it does not necessarily translate to, Lord, have mercy on me. Matthew 27, verse 8. Without any shadow of doubt, Judas was very remorseful. In fact, the Bible said he was remorseful. When we were, I think the, the Acts chapter 2 account mentioned is therefore that field has been called the field of blood. Maybe we should have started a little bit earlier. Start from verse 6 for me. But the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they had the price of blood. Verse 7, please. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field to bury stranger sea. And then um, that was around verse 5. That Just leave it. Don't worry. That he cast the bask of money on the floor. The man never asked for mercy. That's why he went to hell. Different from Peter, who also did the same thing, betrayed Jesus not once, but three times. But he was not hanging it on regret. He decided to step forward. And many at times, things may be missing in our lives. And we feel remorseful. We feel regret that we don't have it. I remember many years back, I love to hear good preaching. I love when people have good use of words, but I knew that by my natural instinct and capacity, I don't have it. And so I started asking the Lord that he should help me. And over the years, far from being where I expect to be, I want to be, I've seen the mercy of the Lord has been availing for me and sometimes insight gives me into the scripture, into condensing it, into making phrases out of them. Started improving. Now I could have stayed in the position of regret. Oh God, you know you didn't make me. I cry. I say, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Just change the aspect of my life. Give me the needed. You've called me to this ministry. I need all the equipping. It's also a wish. It's not necessarily a wish that this situation never arose. Because in John chapter 5, that was what the man that was by that pool was doing. The man that was been lame for many years. He kept complaining. You know, nobody can take me to the water. Leave complaints alone. Just ask for mercy. And in a moment, you will know how to ask properly for mercy in Jesus' name. 
Please don't complain, don't murmur. I wish this child is never like this. I wish this marriage is not like this. I wish I never came to this country. I wish, I wish, I wish. They don't translate to mercy. It's not a cry of regret. Number two, it's not a cry of revenge. It's not a cry of revenge. As David will tell you, the death of your enemy or the death of your enemy is not necessarily the death of your problem. Lord killed them. Lord rose them. As attractive as that may be to you, it doesn't change much. David's number one enemy was who? Saul. When Saul died, did David have enemies? Saul's body was barely cold when Abner took up the fight. And the Bible says the house of Saul of which Abner was a nephew unto Saul, was growing, strong, was growing weaker and the house. He said there was a long battle between the household of Saul and the house of David. Second Samuel, I think, chapter 2. Telling you that the death of whom you see as your opponent is not necessarily the end of the problem. And as David, the worst of the problem he had was even from his own household when Absalom rose up against him. And that's why when I pray... I said, Lord, kill my problem. Whatever you like, do with the enemy. And that leaves him a lot of wee room to do what he wants to do. Don't cry for revenge. Don't follow unnecessary litigations. Sometimes God has delivered you. You said, I will show them. What problem do you want to prove? Many times, you know, they've cheated you. And at the end of the day, they decide to say sorry. You now decide to pursue more. The Lord may tell you so, but more often than not, he that delivered is able to take care of them. I will make sure they regret they ever cheated me. It doesn't lead anywhere. And anyway, somebody say, an eye for an eye only does what? Makes the old world blind. You know, we keep killing everybody. You keep, even amongst men, even in this place, we wish people bad sometimes. It's not a cry for mercy. In actual fact, the moment you start crying for revenge, cry for mercy ceases. Because only one can fight at a time. Is that you allow God to fight it or you take up your fight yourself. Today, you will cry for mercy. Amen. And cry for mercy genuinely in the name of Jesus Christ. As I said, sometimes even goodness towards our enemy are far, far better ways of dealing with them. You heard of that account in 2 Kings chapter 6. You remember? Beginning from verse 18. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 18. Very sweet story. I wish I would use that more. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 18. Let's read. He says, so when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike these people, I pray with blindness. Ah, Elisha was a blind man, was a bad man, was he? Okay, you will see in a moment. And he struck them, who struck them with blindness? According to the word of, very soon, God will hear your word every time you call in the name of Jesus. But there's always a proviso to it. As long as your words are not outside his will. And his will is never to destroy. Verse 20, verse 19. Now Elisha said to them, this is not the way. Nor is this the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. Verse 20. So it was when they had come to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of this man that they may see. And what did the Lord do? He opened their eyes. And what did they, what happened to them? They saw. And where did they find themselves? Inside Samaria. Next verse. Now when the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, my father, shall I kill him? Thank God he asked before he acted. Please, when you have a leader over you, try and ask before you get into trouble. 
Shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? The man was ready for the kill. Verse 22. But he, Elisha, answered, you shall not kill them. Will you kill those whom you have taken captive with your sword and your bow, which he has not? Set food and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their... Verse 23. That is the kicker there. Then he prepared a a great feast for them. And after they have ate and drank, he sent them away and they went to their master. So the bands of Syrian raiders, finish the rest with me. The band of raiders, they will come no more to your life. And believe you me, it works. No matter our theology, no matter what anybody tells you, good actually does more than evil. The point here is that they never knew how they would deal with them again. I call it unconventional weapons. Love is an unconventional weapon of warfare. May God open our eyes. May the Lord touch our hearts. And may we begin stop chasing witches and wizards. If you chase them, chase them that God will deal with them in his own way. I'm not asking you to pray that God should not do anything to them. It's none of your business. Your duty is to do what? Show love to them. Amen? Your duty is to pray for them. Despite your prayer, God will kill those he will kill. And despite your prayer, God will not kill those he will not kill. The amen is suddenly muted. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's part of mercy, that God does not listen to our amen or no amen. He still cares for us. Hallelujah. We do mix things up. We do do wrong things. We've all prayed all kinds of prayers before. God has ignored them. But it's moving us to a higher level now. It's moving us to the level of perfection. It's moving us to the level in which we do things that he wants us to do them so that he can do more for us. Number three, a cry for mercy is not a cry of resignation. This is the commonest thing we do. You know? You say, I'm tired, Lord. I can't handle it anymore. That is not a cry for mercy. In 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 4, even though God eventually showed Elijah mercy, in 1 Kings 19, 4, the man said, Lord, I'm tired. I'm not better than my father's. That doesn't change anything. Oh, Lord, this is too much for me. These people are just too wicked. How many times have we, did, have we done all that thinking that we have actually prayed while actually we're not praying? It's not a cry of resignation. Many a times, even our resignation, we concede victory even before we go to battle. Because all we are seeking is that, Lord, I'm so weak, I'm so tired. In your weakness and tiredness, do one thing. Cry out unto God and say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Number four, the cry for mercy is not a cry of rebellion. It's not a cry of rebellion. And that's a little bit more along the line of revenge, but it's, it's in a class of his own. You're not doing anything, but you are resisting. You are standing your ground. And that was one thing David did not do. That's why he was able to overcome Saul. God showed him mercy. In 1 Samuel 24, verses 8 to 12, a long passage, 1 Samuel 24, 8 to 12, the boy did incredible things beyond imagination. If you can put it on the screen, let's read a little scripture today. Let the scripture talk to us. All right? Thank you. 
David also arose afterward. The prelude to that event, many of you know that. You know, Saul was chasing him all over the place. And there was a day that David saw Saul in a vulnerable position. He slept off, tired. And then he was, and all his guards were sleeping. Because in those days, the guards were supposed to take turns to watch the principal, who was the king. But on this day, everybody got so tired, they slept. And is it true? Is it not? Is it true? But the fact that they were actually possibly snoring. And so they were at a distance. So he went over there, and then maybe one or two soldiers went with David, and they said, look, this is your enemy. Strike him dead. David said, no, I can't. I can't raise my heart against the anointed. I just can't. So eventually, you know, he actually wanted to kiss God's God that withdrew his heart. He caught the edge of his, uh, of his garment. I don't know what that meant. But anyway, God delivered David from taking the blood of the anointed, and God also delivered Saul for a little longer. Long story cut short, he then went to the other side and was speaking from a distance unto Saul, and this is what happened. David also arose afterward, went out of the cave, and called out to Saul, saying, My Lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stood with his face to the earth and bowed down. Verse 9, And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men who say, Indeed, David seeks your arm? Look, this day your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you into my hand in the cave, and someone urged me to kill you. But my eyes spared you, and I said, I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord. Wow. For he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father. Ah, this boy is different. See, yes, see the corner of your robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you. Know and see that there is neither evil nor rebellion in my hand. And I have not sinned against you, yet you haunt my life to take it. Verse 12, finally, let the Lord judge between you and, and let the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. If you want to have a major life paradigm, copy and paste, put that on A4, blow it off, Print it, put it in your room. It will serve you well. Let the Lord judge between you and me. If you have anybody that is troubling you, let that be your prayer now. But I won't do anything to you myself. I won't supplant you. I won't rebel against you. I won't backbite against you. Let the Lord judge between you and me. And come back in one more time and tell me whether you don't get results. Come back. Because it is a life principle that served this man well. Until tomorrow, his throne is still standing, and we continue to stand. But that was David. Agar was not like that. So we're contrasting with Agar, who in Genesis chapter 16, verse 4, did something different. In similar situation, oppressed by their lords or their masters and mistress, and then they reacted differently. So when he went into Agar, that is, um, Sarah gave Agar the maid unto Abraham to be a wife. And so, he went in unto Agar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Now, don't just put all that blame on Mama Sarah. You know why? This young lady has now got a weapon in her hand. And I believe, with all my heart, that she was incorrigible at home. She started getting, Mama Sarah would probably say, Agar, ma'am. Go and fetch water for us from the brook. And the guy will say, well, you don't know how he does women when they are pregnant. I can't go. 
and start ribbing the poor woman. Start ribbing her. Until in verse 5, then Sarah said to Abraham, my wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. Where she also said, the Lord judge between you and Do you see as a standard now? Alright, what does verse 5 say? And the Lord did. Verse 6, what does it say? So Abraham said to Sarai, indeed your maid, they are passing the poor gate to and fro. He said, indeed your maid is your house. Of course the man has a lot of fondness for a guy. And so he couldn't get himself to do it. Anyway, so he said, do to her as you please. Ah, Sarai said, okay, give me the go ahead. And trust women. Ah, yeah, yeah. And when Sarah dead harshly with her, we didn't know how the harshly was, she fled from her presence. She ran out. Verse 7, let the scripture speak. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to shore. Verse 8, please. And the angel said, Hagar. She didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. What did he call her again? Uh, is it <laughs> scripture? <laughs> yes, this Sarah's made. Because your duty is not finished there. Ishmael must be born there. Ishmael must be circumcised. Ishmael must become a great nation. All the things that God has planned must still happen. You go back there. He said, where have you come from? Where are you going? And flee from the presence of my mistress, Sarah. Verse 9, I think finally, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Wife, return to your husband and submit yourself. You might have to do that. And I'm not talking of, if I'm not pointing fingers now. I don't know why that came. Some situations are like that. You are even still in the man's house. You are not submitted. That's what he's saying, return. Some situations, there might need to be separation. We totally agree. I'm not talking about that necessarily. But you are there. You are not submitted. Submit. I don't know why God is saying this to somebody in this room. There's also a possibility. Child, submit to your parents. You are grown up adults. And you have drawn the line between you and your parents. And you say, they did me so wrong. I will stand up. God said, go and submit unto them. Remember verse 6. May the Lord judge between me and... Please, if you want mercy, don't go the way of rebellion. Don't go the way of regret. Regret does not change anything. Don't go down the route of revenge. Because your revenge amounts to very little or nothing. And please, don't spend all your time, just throwing up your hands in resignation. And if you do all those things, the Lord will meet you in Jesus' name. Alright? Is that okay? Alright, so we move on from there. That is how not to do it. How not to do it is as important as how to do it. Just in my notes here, let me just drop this with you before we go to that. I want us to establish the biblical principle. Romans 12 verse 9 is a very crucial one. Verse 19, please, Romans 12, verse 19. Uh, you should always have that in mind. This issue of rebellion is very important to me. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Hallelujah. So how do you get this? We go back now and put possibly permanently on the screen. Mark chapter 10. If you can pull up three verses together, we would need to read through a few just in a moment. What is the right cry for mercy? It's laid in my heart. We need to finish this quickly so that we can pray and minister. 
Number one, it's a direct cry to God. It's a direct cry to God. When Bartimaeus was crying, he wasn't looking for intermediaries. Before you ask pastor to pray for you, and it's good to ask you, before you ask your friends to pray for you, before you ask your family relationship to pray for you, ranging from spouse to children to parents, first of all, make a direct cry to God. Did you hear what I'm saying? Okay. It must be a direct cry to God. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we shall do what? We shall call on the name of the Lord our God. Psalm 20 verse 7. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. Let your cry be directly unto God. And it might look so obvious, but brethren, more often than not, we first seek the solution before we cry to God. We mentioned the workers' meeting this morning. Sometimes when you face the right situation, calm down. One thing I will add on to that is that look up unto God and say, God, help me. It makes a world of difference. Let your cry be directly to God. Do not mix with anything else. The cry for mercy is a cry unto God. Number two, the cry for mercy is a persistent cry. In Mark chapter 10, verse 48, it's a persistent cry. Mark 10, 48. What does it say? Then many want him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Simple. People will try to stop you from crying unto God. It is your own duty and determination that you will not stop crying unto God. You must persist. And there are many naysayers outside there. I don't know about this theology. You can come and see me later on if you have questions on that. The theology of don't ask God repeatedly. Once you've asked him once, just go and be thanking him. How many of us believe that's where we should pray? Uh, how many of us you believe that's where we should pray? We should pray, ask once, and then we leave it and we're just thanking God. We don't ask again. Okay. All right, that's fine. That's fine. You probably have business for it. But I also have business for the other side. The other side of it is that the biblical example that I found is that nobody of substance that has something from the Lord, substance I mean in the scripture, that has only once before they kept quiet. Any example came to mind? Any example? Elijah, he prayed seven times. And it was our example. Who is again? The Lord Jesus, when he was in the garden, he asked once, he asked twice, he asked third time. Who else again? Abraham, he kept asking. Who else again? Daniel, who else again? Bartimaeus. Paul. So if I see all these examples written in the scripture, and these are men of substance whom God used mightily, and they had the, in fact, Jesus Christ our Lord in Luke chapter 18 gave us a good example of a woman who kept crying unto the bad king. He said, how much more, in verse 8, shall God hearken hastily unto those, go to Luke chapter, I tell you that he will avenge them spirit, nevertheless, when the son of man comes, verse 7, please, I, I need verse 7. I'm jumping. And shall God not avenge his only let who cry out, when? When? Even if it's the only day, and how many times is there at night? You ask in the morning once, you ask at night. May I please I beg of you in the name that's above all names. Keep asking. Keep asking. It is biblical, and that is the real cry that you have no plan B. 
And he will answer you. I know we've tried to question before. What have people asking wrong? What have, if you ask genuinely in the midst of it, the revelation of God will come to you. I was praying this morning in the conclusion of my prayer. The Lord said, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Ah, I said, that's easy, Lord. I said, which area? Uh-huh. And the Lord said in the ministry, because if you say uh, in my personal life, in five years, I'm going to see myself, I will have grown older. Maybe a few more white, gray hair. So the Lord was not interested in all those nonsense. So he said the ministry. I said, it's easy. So I gave him three things. And then the Lord, I, I, mean, I, I really tell you stories like this of my own personal dealing with the Lord. But I'm sharing this because sometimes um, we stand as if, you know, we, we don't have relationship with him. We do. And uh, it's good to let, to let you a little bit into that. And so when I finish my three, and there are three laudable things, great things. Uh, I probably will share them with you. It's the two that he then told me <laughs> that blew my mind. I, I knew I was hearing God. Number one, I said, Lord, I want your presence to be constantly in this church. That when people come in here, they will know God is there. That we've tested the occasionally. I want it to, and to be weekly incremental. That people will come in. Uh, was that a good request? Uh, was that a good target? Uh, of course, where the presence of the Lord is there, miracles will happen. Where the presence is there, souls will be saved. Where the presence is there, life will be cleansed. I said, number two, let this house be a house where disciples will be raised, not just converts. As they get saved, they come in here, they become disciples, they get established, they find their gifting. Ah, good. I thought I was doing very well. I said, number three, help us, Lord, to disseminate whatever you are doing here in publishable materials to the rest of the world. And that was also good. And when I finished, the Lord said, I said, yes, Lord. They gave me two. Those two, I can't tell you. But it blew my mind. Number one, they are out of the realm of my thinking. They are totally out of the realm of my thinking. Thank you, Lord. One of them has to do with physical structure. It has to do with physical structure. That a building will be here that will be the tallest building all around. And I can't conceive that in my head. Which will be a hub to send people to the rest of the world. That there will be no other building. And he was saying that. Well, of course, I'm not started praying to you. Revelation of God does, has not, does not already. Number one, I'm not even thinking of that at all. And the Lord said, took me some distance back. I've lived the, rest, the last one. Thank you, Lord. He permits me to live the last one, not to tell you. What am I telling you, brethren? Even when you are praying persistently, because I come, pray persistently, week in, week out, the same prayer point, God will come in and give you another dimension to it. So that is the strength of it. The prayer that I've been praying before is the same prayer. But God said, okay, now you've been consistent. Uh, so Ruben joins, you know, we, we pray consistently. It's been years now, almost. And God decided to show up today. And they'll give me a roadmap for many years to come. That blew my mind. I could have stopped prayer. I could have sat at home and said, Lord, as we prayed last week, you remember? Uh, you know, all those three points. We thank you for them today. And we sleep on. I hope the point is be well made. The Lord will give you the strength and the wisdom to constantly ask him. Number three, what is the prayer of genuine cry for mercy? Our title today is what? The cry for mercy. The cry for mercy. A genuine cry for mercy is an attention-arresting cry. Attention-arresting cry. There's a difference between attention-seeking cry and attention-arresting cry. 
Many times we are seeking attention. When you seek attention, you are only looking for empathy. When you arrest attention, you're going to get results. Seeking attention, simply me, they would just at the distance, oh, sorry, oh, what a shame. Oh, it shouldn't have happened. But when it is attention arresting, heaven will stop. Earth will stop. That's why the Bible says, in the, child, in the place we read, and it said, Jesus stood still. My word of prophecy over your life is that heaven will stand still for you very soon. Amen. Heaven will stand still for me very soon. Amen. It's too still for Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 verse 4. Put the message version on the screen for me, please, if you may. Acts chapter 10 verse 4. It's too still for Cornelius. The message version. The man has been praying. He's been praying persistently, as we said. He's been praying into his situation and circumstance. And then one day, the word of the Lord says that Cornelius stared hard, wondering if he was seeing things because there was an appearance of an angel unto him. Then Cornelius said, what do you want, sir? The angel said, your prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. Above all things, Lord, please, let my simple heart cry have mercy. Bring me to your attention. And then God will stop and attend unto you. Very quickly, our time is fast spent. Finally, or penultimate one, uh, a cry for mercy is a cry back by action. Now go quickly over that one, and then we start. It's a cry back by action. What was it? In verse 50, he said, the man decided... To throw away his garment. If I have time, I, will, I just want to reconstruct that story. What was happening? He was blind. He said, throwing off his coat. He was on his feet at once. Uh, and then he came to Jesus. You can go back to the NKJV. And so, this blind man was not thinking of blindness anymore. And those guys around him, I'm not very sure they were friendly enough to have led him there. He probably was bumping to people, was pushing them aside. He didn't want his garment to be held back by anybody. Action must follow when we are crying for mercy. And I pray God will give us the heart to act. You need to act. You need to follow it. You need to start making business plan. You need to start finding out how this thing should come to pass. You need to keep your eyes open in marriage. You need to start preparing yourself for every blessing you are asking for. I've been developing myself for the day in which we shall have hundreds of people coming to the Lord one day. I've been preparing my heart. What will I do? Where will I run to if I've not got enough people to do it? We had a bit of that in the, in the tourney. And I'm not sure we've, even done good, we've not done good enough job with those people that gave their life in the follow-up. So which was, is making me terribly afraid and concerned. Now what about when 100 people gave their life to Christ? What shall we do? But I've been thinking of that. Revival, revive us. What are the preparations we are making? Finally, the cry for mercy is offense-proof. Because in Mark chapter 10, verse 51, Mark 10, 51, the man did not, even when Jesus came, what do you want me to do for you? Was it not obvious what the man wanted? Contrary to what um, John the Baptist did. And Jesus Christ said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. But he went to the Lord. The Lord said, what do you want me to do for him? The right answer is, I can't you see? I'm the one that is blind. I'm blind. Just as the man in John 5 was offended to a degree. He said, don't you want to be made well? 
The man insisted of saying, I want to be made well, help me. He said, well, I want to be made well. If I, if I didn't want to do it, if you know what I've been through. John the Baptist murmured. Unfortunately, as great as he was, he said, are we seeking for another one? Why am I in prison? Almost directly saying that. I, I close with a personal story. Not personal, but of a person I knew. This person was of age and should have married. I know the person very well. And very early in my Christian life, the Lord spoke to me that I should go and deliver a message to the person that why has she stopped asking about marriage? And the answer of the person was instant. It was not a shock at all. He said, ask about marriage. How many times will she ask? That didn't God know all this? And it, was, it was a good father-child relationship she was expressing that not being rude. And um, I said, well, if the Lord says, why are you not asking? I'm not sure whether. Conclusion of the story, she never got that blessing. But every other area of this person's life was fantabulous. But that area. So many times when things don't happen, unless God gives you a little bit of insight into people's life, maybe God is giving you insight into your own life, things that have not happened. And I could, I could pick two and put together. People would say, God, you are not fair. This person kept herself. She served you. She did everything. But there was a moment when I was a prophet, a tiny prophet I was at that time, just believing the Lord, spiritually tiny I meant. And I took the message. She, the answer was straight. No, no, no pause at all. He said, ask, ask, which ask? The one I've been asking him. He does not want to do it. In fact, it was a simple, I was afraid because this person was spiritually more mature than I am. And I went away. I said, well, we need to ask, but the thing never happened. And God has said, ask. Was he not ready to answer? Please don't be offended at God. Amen? Amen. Tell yourself, I will not be offended. Because right in this room, I'm sure many of us will carry some offense. This is the third time I've tried this project. This is the XY number of times this pregnancy. This is the XY number of times this attempt at this. This is this, this is that. Just leave that out. I beg of you, the name that's above all name, don't be offended. And if you're not offended, it will meet you at your point of need. The first mercy we must receive is the mercy of forgiveness of our sins. And that is why, like it or not, our number one duty is to lay our lives before him. If you've not taken that decision before, it should be a good time for you to take that decision. It's the greatest mercy you can receive. And then, when you are reconciled unto him, every time you call on him, he will hear you. We use some prayers in the book of Psalms to pray this afternoon. And uh, in quick succession, we will pray them. You will pray for yourself. If the Lord so leads me, I will pray some blessing over us as a people. And then, beginning from today, you will have the right cry for mercy. You will cry aright, and God will hear you aright. And He will visit you specially in Jesus' name. Light or rise on your feet with me as we spend a moment or two. This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing word of God. Just to pray. Simple explanations. The grace to do it, may the Lord give you. May the Lord give me. May I day by day wake up in the morning 
and cry directly to God? May I wake up and stay persistent in what I'm requesting? The righteous shall fall seven times and shall rise again. May I, day by day, cry in such a way that heavens will pay the attention that is needed. And help me, Lord, never to be offended. Too many people are offended at God. The other person see, they didn't even, they didn't even do half of righteousness. I did see where I am. Why is my own always hard? Some have been saying. Questioning God does not change anything. That will change today. I want you to turn your hearts unto God. Everyone in the room, if you never pray the prayer to commit your heart unto Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and receive the initial mercy that every human being must receive, we'll give you the opportunity to do that right now. So anywhere you are in the room, I want to pray specifically for you. All heads bowed to give everybody the opportunity while you are praying in your heart. If there is anybody in the room that needs such a touch, lift your hand right now so that we can pray with you and for you. Downstairs, upstairs, we must always give an invitation as the Lord prompts us so that nobody on the last, God bless you, God bless you, ma, so that nobody on the last day will not say, ushers, only ushers, open your eyes and put a slip in the hand of that person for me to be filled. As a person to that said, anyone else, anyone else who want to make that huge glorious decision today? Hallelujah. Please raise that hand very well on that side. Walk the aisle. God bless you. Just put a paper in that hand to be filled. Now the decision you're about to make, that person that raised the hand, is a lasting decision. And if anybody wants to join that decision before I pray, Tell Jesus to have mercy on you and forgive all your sins. Ask him to come into your life and make you um, his child and and turn you to be a child of God. And then I will pray for you right now. Father, you are the one that you search the heart and the reins. I ask in the name that's above all names, that this your precious one shall be welcomed into your kingdom today and shall never depart again. The instruction was clear. This is the first step this person is taking. As the heavens are rejoicing, I pray it shall be a fruit that will last. And at your coming, she will reign with you and your name shall be glorified. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray many of us and that should be practically every one of us that have one area or another of your life you want to lay before him for cleansing for making right we give another 30 seconds in your heart to cry out for mercy in that area Lord make me right taking this wrong step had this wrong thought you know gossiped I fought I've been unnecessary angry stolen I've done all sorts of things that the mercy of the Lord will reach you where you are I've been very proud and arrogant, maybe it's what someone is saying, but the mercy of the Lord is available this afternoon. In the simplicity of the moment, the hand of the Lord is straightforward onto us now. And his counsel is being performed. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' marvelous name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed.
I want us to pray these prayers. Please put Psalm 69 verse 13 on the screen. Psalm 69 verse 13. And then we'll pray two more prayers like that. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. What he's saying there is our point number one. You will direct your prayer to him. He said, in the acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of your mercy, hear me in the truth of your deliverance. Whatever we want the Lord to deliver us from, his hand will be stretched out and we shall be delivered today. I said we shall be delivered today. So you pray. And uh, just to get us going, let's pray to our confession prayer. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose today to direct my prayer to you, O Lord. In the acceptable time, O God, which is now, Lord, in the multitude of your mercy, hear me and grant me your deliverance and salvation. Turn that into your prayer. It will be nice. I need every aspect of that prayer. My prayer is unto you, O my Father. Leave it on the screen. God bless you. Lord, this is the acceptable time. And this is the time for your mercy, O God. Hear me, Lord. Hear me. Hear me. In the fortrightness of your deliverance. In the truth of your salvation. Hear me today, O God. And let my prayer directed to you. Not through another intermediary. Straight unto Jesus, my Lord. Irrespective of all your position I felt. Hear me, O Lord, today. And show me mercy. Hear me and show me mercy. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Psalm 30, verse 10. Psalm 30, verse 10. Hallelujah. You say, Here, O oh Lord, I have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. Does anybody need help in this house today? Are you sure? Do you need small help? Or you need big help? Okay. So somebody needs big and plenty. Can God provide the help? I want to get you to pray this prayer. I say, can God provide the help? He that challenged me in my place of prayer and told me of a project beyond my imagination and another one far five beyond my imagination is ready to supply help for those humongous and big and many challenges ahead of us by his help. I see over you, God will help you. I say one more time, the Lord will help you. I say one more time, the Lord will be your helper. In fact, from today, you will call him the helper. He will not be a helper. He will be the helper to you. So you will lift your voice and say, Here, O Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. One more time, say, Here, O Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. 
Lift your voices and cry unto God with all fervency. And as you are crying, let your heart be on that particular thing you are believing Him for. You can verbalize and vocalize it. But above all, let your cry reach the heaven. Hear, O oh Lord, hear and have mercy on me. Be my helper, be my helper. I need help, Lord. I've not come here to, to regret. I've not come here to revenge. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in the enemy. I'm not resigning. I just say, help, oh God. Help me, Lord. In the name that's above all names. Help me, help me, help me, oh God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. When God helps you, nobody can ever overcome you. The help is here today. I said the help is here today. It's not part of what I have in mind, but let's join Psalm 20, beginning from verse 1 to that prayer. Psalm 20, beginning from verse 1. May the Lord answer you the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. That means from this sanctuary, help will be coming. <laughs> that means and you will be used as that help as well. Verse 1 again of, of, of Psalm 20, verse 1. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. In the day of trouble. The God of Jacob will defend you. So together we will say, Father, answer me in the day of my trouble. Oh God, let the name of your son Jesus defend me. Verse 2, oh Father. Verse 2, verse 2, send her from the sanctuary. And strengthen me out of Zion. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voices and cry unto him. Help is coming, help is coming, help is coming, help is coming. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We are taking away the draws. We are taking away all the things that could handle hinder us. Today, help is here. Help is here. No more bondage, no more limitation. Oh, Lord, be our help. Be our help. That matter that is with the government that looks unsolvable. That matter that is with the doctor that they are also giving us uh, not here, not their answer. The one they're giving us definite answer that can never change. By your mercy, help, help in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Shout the Lord is my helper. I want you to shout from your spirit, not just from your heart, not just with your voice. Prepare yourself because your voice will penetrate into the spiritual realm right now. Your voice will penetrate because as I lead you to say that, I expect walls to begin to fall. I say I expect walls to begin to fall. I expect mountains to be removed. I expect situations to begin to melt away. Because as you declare the Lord as your helper, the opponent is hearing you. The opposition, they are hearing you. They will tremble and they will drop what's in their hand and they will run. So together we say, the Lord is my helper. 
thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus that's why every wall that is shamed you in are falling right now and you shall go free in the name of the Lord Jesus Psalm 31 verse 9 Psalm 31 verse 9 hallelujah help is here mercy of God is here Psalm 31 verse 9 that is a fairly long one Alright, while well, we are waiting for them, I'll just read from here. Thank God for... Are they there? Alright, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I'm in trouble. Now, it's not everybody that's in trouble. But the Lord led me to this one. <laughs> so, if you are not in trouble, it's okay. You will pray that Lord, for as many as in trouble, have mercy on them. He said, my eye waste away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body. Please, if you think for some reason, and there's nothing shameful about it, in some areas of ministry and some things, I can say I'm in trouble, actually, to be honest. Uh, some things I'm trusting the Lord to do that I've not seen done, it's like a trouble. So if you're in that category, you can definitely say, what you are facing is a major trouble. Come forward right now. And if you are not, it's okay. Ah. I thought it's going to be just about one or two of us. I didn't know I have many mates. <laughs> the great deliverer will deliver us from trouble. He will deliver us from trouble. He specializes in that. No more trouble. No more trouble. No more trouble. So all of us in front will lift up our hands unto the heavens. All of us in the congregation will also lift our hands unto the heavens. And there shall be a rapturous cry in this room. And we shall use the word we. And you will say after me, I say, have mercy on us, O Lord. For we are in trouble. One more time, have mercy on us, O Lord. For we are in trouble. Stretch your hand unto us and deliver us from grief, from sorrow, from shame. Deliver now in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voices and as we stand as a body, as, as we stand before the altar today, I'm expecting that next Sunday testimony will be rolling in. People will be coming back here. Have mercy on us, O Lord, for we are in trouble. Oh Lord, we are in trouble. You need to deliver with your mighty hand. Set us free, O God. Remove pain, remove grief, remove sorrow, remove shame, O God. Let the yoke be broken this afternoon. Have mercy on us, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Our soul and our body, we need deliverance. Deliver today. We have not come with any pretension. We have not come with any cloud. We have not come with any hubris. We have come in submission. Oh, deliver, deliver, deliver right now, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Because we have prayed Psalm 20 verse 1 before. That says, may the Lord deliver you in the day of trouble. And we have stood forward right now. 
I stand upon the unbreakable and indivisible word of God. And I say, you are delivered from all trouble in the name of Jesus. And I say, we are delivered from all trouble in the name of the Lord Jesus. I say, delivered we are from all trouble in Jesus' name. From tomorrow, phone calls and letters will be coming in. And it will be, the trouble is over. Because of the message of the Lord, the trouble is over. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And because of your truth, we stand to say, we are free. We are free. Shout with me, we are free. I am free. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And your mother that declared it, we never declare otherwise. Free you are. Free we are. And we shall never be bound again. Thank you, eternal Father. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Shake the hand of your neighbor and say congratulations as you go back to your seat. Come on, celebrate with somebody. Because by the mercy of the Lord, he has heard our cry for mercy today. Thank you, Father. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.